Welcome to The Center, a podcast brought to you by the Franciscan Peace Center, a ministry of the Sisters of St. Francis in Clinton, Iowa. I am your host, Marcia Thrall. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode of The Center, we'll be joined by Clinton, Iowa's Deputy Chief of Police, James Bollower, who will be talking about alternative policing tactics currently being used in Clinton, Iowa. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, community policing is a philosophy that promotes organizational strategies that support the systemic use of partnerships and problem-solving techniques to proactively address the immediate conditions that give rise to public safety issues such as crime, social disorder, and fear of crime. In Clinton, Iowa, community policing includes social workers and psychologists riding along with police officers up to three times per week to attend to nonviolent calls, including mental distress calls, drug use calls, vagrancy calls, and other calls that are nonviolent in nature, so that help rather than punitive measures can be administered to community members who need help. Please listen as today's guest talks about the transformative nature of employing nonviolent community policing. And please note, the views expressed here are individual views that do not necessarily reflect the views of the Sisters of St. Francis in Clinton, Iowa. So welcome to James Ballauer and welcome to the center. Good morning. Um, This morning, we're joined by Deputy Chief James Blauer, who is from the Clinton Police Department. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about nonviolent or non-punitive approaches to policing. Um, So good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? Good. You're the first person who unprompted said good morning. So <laughs> the entire time that I've done this is great. Um, so what I would um, like to start off with is maybe um, have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what brought you to Iowa? Where did you start doing police work? Um, and did you ever expect yourself to be in a position like being the deputy chief of police in a small city? Um, so I was born and raised in Chicago. Uh, I started um, police work in 1998 when I joined the Chicago Police Department. Um, during that time, I worked over a whole different gamut of areas of the city and different units. And um, I didn't kind of pigeonhole myself in one area. I wanted to get around the city as much as I can and work in different diverse areas and meet as many people as I could in the city. Um, I was promoted to sergeant in 2005 with six years on, which was kind of interesting, trying to be a supervisor with um, a lot of officers with a lot more time and experience than you, but I muddled through it. um, I was a sergeant until 2016. Well, during that time as a sergeant, I worked on the south side and I worked in two different uh, citywide units on the west and south side of Chicago. Uh, ended up in organized crime and worked as a gang uh, intelligence officer, uh, sergeant team we had. Um, so if anyone watches the show Chicago PD, um, 
the the team unit they have in that show was actually the team that I was on in the Chicago Police Department. Not that team, but similar team that they had. I get it. Yeah, it wasn't a TV show. Um, so I was uh, promoted to lieutenant in 2016, where I worked as a watch commander on the 6th District on the south side of the city. And then I was uh, went over to the 9th District, which incorporates um, south downtown area of Chicago and Chinatown and Bridgeport area where the White Sox play. Mm. Uh, real diverse area, a good area. So actually the district where I started. Uh, and I was a tactical lieutenant there. And then shortly before I came here to Iowa, I uh, worked at the, it was transferred to the academy where I was the commanding officer of recruit training. Okay. Um, Can we back up a second? Can you tell me what is a tactical lieutenant? Tactical lieutenant is, they were the plain clothes uh, unit of a district. So where they drive the unmarked cars and kind of was directed more toward gang violence and uh, narcotic sales, um, kind of more of the team that was why other uniform cars were handling more traffic accidents than that. We were sent and dispatched to shots, fire calls, and robberies in progress, things of that nature. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so did you, um, let's move on to that piece about, um, did you ever expect to be in a position like being the deputy chief of police in a small town? Or a small city. I did it. When I first started in the city, I, I was raised in the city and I thought that I would be in a big city my entire life. But as my career went on and, and uh, I was looking for more, I was getting involved in more um, more programs in the Chicago Police Department that was kind of targeting helping certain sectors and, and more giving back and kind of instead of arresting criminals, helping them and intervening and trying to do stuff like that. And it's very hard to do in a big city because it's very hard to the amount of crime, the amount of, of people that do need help. It, it's hard to make an impact because it's hard to follow up with people. So it started there that I, I kind of wanted to make a bigger impact in my career. And so I started looking close, close to Chicago area and, and, um, I just happened to see that Clinton, Iowa was was looking for a deputy police chief. And I, I knew that I had the experience in a big city to do that. And um, I researched what I could about Clinton and came out here and loved it and loved the town and, and was fortunate enough to get to uh, be appointed to the position. That, that's great. I'm I'm really glad that they um, hired you and made you our deputy police chief, because I agree with you as a transplant. Clinton is a pretty great place. I mean, it has its issues, but um, I think if we work together, you know, we can definitely, you know, in the spaces where we do work together, we can make a positive difference in the lives of the people who live in Clinton. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So during your time here in Clinton, there have been initiatives, or has it been in your time here in Clinton? Anyway, there have been initiatives taken in community policing that are shifting from punitive measures, and in some cases, to a service-centered approach. For example, providing referrals to social service agencies for nonviolent calls um, and um, social worker ride-alongs. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So it started right about the time I was getting here, just early enough. That's when the the movement of policing was trying to, to move in that direction. Um, and to be honest, I was very skeptical at first when they talked about it in Chicago. I I, I didn't feel that it would work. I didn't feel that um, actually that even social workers would be safe in some situations. Um, forgive me. Um, and 
when I got out here and experienced it, 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 it I, I was just amazed how well it works. So for, for those that don't know that we work with the Eastern Iowa Mental Health Crisis Intervention, and what they do is social workers um, come to the our, our department and they do ride-alongs with officers and they actually respond to calls where people are in need of crisis intervention and mental crisis, and which, as we know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times when people get involved with police and police situations and in crime, it's not so much that they're they're criminals or bad people. They're, a lot of times they're they're going through mental health crisis for whatever reason. They haven't been taking their medication, and so in the past. Uh, we would just kind of, as a society, arrest our way out of that situation where um, we wouldn't get them help. We would just arrest people. And, you know, um, I, I came from a family where we, I had a very close family member that was, was suffer from schizophrenia. So I, I grew up with it and, and kind of knew about it. And uh, on the police department, it, it kind of hurt me when I would see where we would criminalize mental illness. And, and it wasn't for a lack of caring as we police didn't know any different. We didn't, we weren't taught any way. We weren't, you know, there was no discussion or talk about how to deal with this. It was just, well, we, we have to arrest them. Uh, so when I got out here and I learned that we were doing this, it, it, it was really good to see. And, and I see situations where, you know, people that, that don't want to deal with the police because of their illness and that will talk to social workers. And it does help. And a lot of situations where uh, they may be committing a crime, a low-level crime, a disorderly conduct or trespassing, something that they would have been arrested for before. We try not to arrest in those situations. We'll, we'll call a crisis intervention worker and try to get them help. And it, it's gotten to the point now where we will get people in crisis um, in the city, and, and they will come right here to the police station, come in and say, can you get can you get me help? Can you send me a social worker? So. That's it's fabulous. And, and we are, I believe, I, I don't want to say the nation, but I know for Iowa, we are one of the first departments to actually uh, do this, do this crisis intervention. I, I think that's amazing. Um, as you know, I'm from Milwaukee. And um, in 2014, we had a, a, a horrible tragedy where um, a schizophrenic man was taking a nap in a park and um, a cop came and approached him. And um, within a matter of seconds, the police officer had killed him because he didn't, you know, he's, he, there's no crisis intervention training provided for police officers as part of like what the standard issue training is. Right. Um, or am I wrong? Actually is now, but it's recent. I, and I, 2014, we didn't have it. So I've been through the crisis intervention training in 2016 and it's 40 hours of, you know, intense training on how to deal with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And we, they actually had um, actual people that were suffering from bipolar disorder, schizophrenic, would actually come in as role players nice. uh, to assist with the police. And That's amazing. some of them were actually in crisis doing it. And it, it really opened your eyes to... You know, there was uh, one thing that we did that really kind of struck was we, we did a um, scenario where we put a, a paper bag over the officer's officer's head mm -hmm. and you had the eye, hole, eye holes cut out and they would have you um, like the police were responding to you and they had individuals standing around you tapping on the paper bag and whispering and talking in your ear 
to kind of give you the effect of what a, a schizophrenic could be going through. Oh my and just goodness. how how difficult it was, and it was really jarring to to experience what they're going through. Not exactly, obviously, but to get an idea of listen, this is what's going through their mind when they're talking to you. They, they hear voices. They their their brain is rattled, and mm-hmm. it really was eye opening to a lot of people. And and so. I, I want to say now, I know that our, our department here in Clinton, they're all crisis intervention trained. Uh, I myself have. And I mean, I could go on about situations where in the past it would have ended up being a situation where someone would have been arrested, physically forced. And I I can tell you one of 90 minutes I talked to somebody in crisis that had barricaded themselves in a house and we were able to get them out into an ambulance on their own. That is amazing. Um, I'm I'm really thankful that you've committed yourself to doing that kind of work because it's important, you know. Um, very much so. Very much so. Um, so what are some of the successes that you've seen um, during your time in Clinton and utilizing this approach? Uh, that's one. Uh, obviously, for calls for sort of, like I said, we, we get a lot of people that when they are in crisis, uh, they do realize, okay, if I call the police, I can get them to have social workers come out and help. And that helps. A lot of the public knows that we do that now. So they will call and instead of saying the police, they will say, listen, I think we need a crisis intervention person here for them. Um, not only crisis intervention, but we also, I want to touch on, we have uh, a DART team, which is drug abuse response team. And we have two, a sergeant and a corporal that are dedicated to that. And what that is, um, is they do outreach for, for people that are addicted to substances and drugs and sub, have sus, substance abuse disorder, excuse me. And they will follow up with, with people that are arrested for that and try to get them help. We do outreach in the park every week where we'll go out there and, and, uh, with Sergeant Dean Ottens runs that up and he cooks hot dogs out there for people and, and just basically people that have substance abuse know they can come out there and try to get help. And uh, we'll try to get the medical medication assistance treatment, whether that's Suboxone or, or something to try to get them through withdrawals to get them help. Uh, and that's been very successful. Whenever we have uh, a fest or something here in Clinton, if we have uh, music on the avenue, we have the dark table out there. So we try to make sure that we're out there as much as possible. Um, the other one thing I wanted to touch on that we have out here is ABLE. Uh, all our officers here in Clinton have been ABLE trained, and that stands for Active Bystandership mm. for uh, Law Enforcement. And what that is, it teaches officers um, to help with the police culture of, of intervening with officers when it seems they may be struggling or they may be getting elevated in a situation where something physical could happen where it doesn't need to be, whether they see an officer that might be starting to use excessive force. Uh, it teaches them how to intervene and, and mm-hmm. stop the situation before it could escalate to something. Um, That's important. And to accept, yeah, accept interventions. If, if they feel that an officer is going through something that they they're trained on how to kind of intervene and try to get them the help as well. Um, I have to say in my time in Clinton, it feels like Clinton is such a great laboratory for like learning things and implementing things. Um, you know, it, it's not a ridiculously small town. It's, um, you know, a small city. Um, but it's also a small city full of people receptive to, um, positive action. Right. Um, yep. so. 
I'm, I'm going to go into some complicated space, right? Since the George Floyd incident in 2020, you know, there have been a lot of activists that have been calling for the defunding of police, right? And I think that that's um, terrible terminology because what most of the academics and social people who are doing social grassroots community work um, in all spaces, what they're hoping for is more police action like what we're doing in Clinton, what you're doing in Clinton right now, right? Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about um, what makes it so that this type of non-punitive um, and proactive policing, um, what makes it successful? in a small town like Clinton versus um, a bigger city like Chicago, where you have had, you know, most of your career experience? Um, I think you, like you touched on the, the love quickly. I just want to touch on, I, I agree with you to defund the police. I think that people get the impression that defund the police means let's get rid of police, not have them. And I, and I understand what you're saying. Defund means transferring some resources that may go to police to resources such as crisis intervention. Exactly. Exactly. Which I, I don't think police officers are against. I, I think, it, you know, police are skeptical in, in their nature, but once they learn what it means, you know, it, like it's, like I said, if you would have told me 10 years ago about social work, I would have thought you were crazy, you know, but <laughs> seeing it enacted, you know, um, but back to what you were saying, uh, I think just because, you said like Clinton's smaller in Chicago, it's, it was so hard to keep up with the level of jobs. And we just didn't have the resources to do that to in, I, I mean, just, just in some of the districts I worked in, the amount of calls were, Oh my goodness. I mean, you just, you didn't have the resources and the time to, to put into following up. And that was the main thing was following up with people. It was very hard to do that. So in a, in a town like Clinton where it's smaller, uh, with with a smaller area, it's, it's easier to have a bigger impact. I think that's what it what it means. You can see the bigger impact here. Not that it doesn't happen in Chicago. They, there there are areas and there are programs that help um, situations such as violent violence intervention, as they they had program in Chicago. Um, but yeah, I think it's more that it's a smaller town and it's just easier to make a bigger impact. Thank you for that. Um... I have thoughts and feelings, but I don't think we have enough time to talk about them. Right. I, I've learned and um my attitude has changed um since being you know, I've been in Clinton and active. Um there's a pretty good chance that, you know, five years ago at this time you and I would not be having this conversation. So you know, um so what do you see as the biggest challenge to police work in Clinton? And how can citizens become more actively involved in creating a Clinton that is safe and welcoming to all of its residents? Um, the biggest challenge, I, 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 I think, is, you know, substance abuse and, and getting people up for substance abuse and, and, you know, homelessness. And I think, you know, you know, getting older and and and, and policing, you, you change your thoughts to or you know, I, I it, it's kind of settled like 
guardianship versus warrior. When you come on as a police officer, you have a warrior mentality. Where you want to go out and save the world and, and lock up all the bad guys. And as you get older, you, you learn the guardian where you want to go out and help people and try to intervene before it gets to that. Um, but I think drug abuse and substance abuse is, is the biggest issue. If, if we could help with that and try to get people off drugs, and, and I think that would help. Um, the other challenge I see is, is trying to help people not be victims. Um, make sure they do the little things to avoid being a victim. Uh, be aware of your surroundings. And Clinton's a very safe town. I, I mean, again, from growing up in Chicago, but there's nowhere in Clinton that I'd be afraid to walk in three o'clock in the morning. You know, other areas may be, you know, um, different from others, but, but for the most part, Clinton is a very safe town, but helping yourself not be a victim, locking your doors. And um, it's winter's coming And a, a big thing is people love to leave their car running and gas stations and stores are running to get something and come out when their car is gone. And a good mm. way not to do that is not leave your car running. <laughs> right. And we say this every year, and every year in the winter we get the calls in. But uh, um, I know and, and from a lack of safety standpoint, right, as the daughter of a mechanic, it is not good for your engine. Do not leave your car <laughs> running when you are not rolling in it, right? Right, <laughs> so. right. But uh, ring doorbells have been uh, – um, you know, if, if people have the money for ring doorbells and, and just keeping your, your, um, house lit, you know, garage lights and stuff like that. But like I said, Clinton, Clinton is a, is a pretty safe town all around. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And it's, um, I, I would say that if there was one challenge, it was just trying to help people not be victims. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and then what do you find most rewarding about your work here in Clinton? Most rewarding would be the, the follow-up I do. I, uh, a lot of people tease me because I, I give my number to everybody. And, and if I see anybody and I'll go on jobs and I'll give them my card and, and I get a lot of calls and some people call very late and sometimes some mundane things, but I, I find it rewarding that, that people feel that they can call me and can ask for help and and um and that it's not me it's a lot of our department our, i we're very fortunate to have the officers here my the, the mindset i have in policing 99.9 percent .9 of our department does as well so i think that's why we have such a good relationship with the uh the citizens here in clinton um but yeah mo most rewarding is just being able to help people and to be able to follow up with them that would that would be the biggest thing. It's easier to it's easier. Like I said, I, I kind of center on this, but it's easier to make a bigger impact. And it's it's good to see when you see people that you've helped that they will. Uh, and even in situations where they might have been arrested or, or been in a domestic situation where they do call and trust that, that I can help them with a the situation. That is amazing. Um, do you have any final thoughts for us? uh no i thank you for having me and yeah it was a great discussion and we can go on about other things another time but plenty there's always stuff to talk about when it comes to policing and public and fantastic thank you for joining us today for this episode of the center this center is a production of the franciscan peace center and the sisters of saint francis clinton iowa 
Music for this podcast is titled Sweet Times by All Bets Off and is provided by Adobe Stock. Our podcast hosting platform is Buzzsprout, and you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you found our podcast interesting and would like to support this effort as it grows, please be sure to push that like button so that others can learn about our podcast too. Peace.